Welcome to the Apple of Truth, our weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while celebrating the great parts, pointing out the bad parts, and answering questions you never knew you even had. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena. And we can't wait to share our love and hate for your favorite characters. Today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 10, Bloody Celestial Karaoke Jam. And sadly, the title in German is exactly that. Does it make sense in German? Yeah. Okay. Verdammter himmlischer Karaoke Jam. Yeah. So boring. Yes. <laughs> Positively boring. But this episode is anything but boring, so please tell us what it is about. Dad spends time with his children and turns everything into spontaneous sing and dance routines. Dan learns that Charlotte was actually God's wife. All other characters get to deal with their own bits and pieces. And in the end, we learn that God is losing control. There is a song in there and I will not start singing it. I got chills and multiply and I'm losing losing control. control. Cause your power. Okay. Um, You're supplying. It's electrifying. <laughs> God, I haven't seen Grease. Jesse, would have been a better song. We'll talk about that bit when we get to it. And I have opinions on the replacement song that actually, well, we'll get to it when we get to it. I'm sure you've seen the tidbits and you're going to have them in your fun facts. We'll see. But before we get to your fun facts, we need to discuss the obsession of the week. And I went basic. I went with dad. So did I. And <laughs> this means that we are back at 50% right with you. five out of 10 matches obsession of the week. I always get really nervous before I say mine because lately it's been a bit of a hit and miss and more <laughs> miss than a hit. No, no, we're now back to 50-50. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I feel perfect. much more relaxed now. <laughs> yeah, I see you getting flushed. <laughs> uh, maybe just the fact that I have a heating on so because I'm drying my laundry, but... Yeah, 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 sure. You sure. know how it is. No pressure ever. The facts and funds. We have our usual bits. Sixth time director Shervin Shilati. Previous episode was Lucifer, Lucifer, Lucifer. One more episode to come. 14th writer Ildi Modovic herself. Previous episode was Lucifer, Lucifer, Lucifer. Three more episodes to come. And spoiler, one of those three is going to be directed by Shervin Shilati. <laughs> Shocking. So there's that. Our title is finally set by Lucifer giving him four out of ten so he is still lagging behind we are winning this competition that lucifer had no idea he was in it doesn't matter if he's aware but we're winning it yeah for (laughs) the dc fandom 2020 event co-showrunner Ily modovic said that tom ellis's suit pads were specially tailored with wefting aka extra stretch points, so he could dance in them without splitting the fabric. They split anyway. Because he was dancing so hard. Speaking of dancing, Lauren German improvised Chloe's standing forward bend during Another One Bites the Dust. Lucifer's utter surprise that this move is Tom Ellis's genuine reaction. Ooh, that's fun. And then we have this episode was actually shot as a 5.11 script, but aired as 5.10. So... 
bit of a moving around there. That explains some inconsistencies I've seen in some articles when I was reading up on this. And also, this episode is rated 7.6 on IMDb, which makes it the second lowest in all of season five. Only the black and white episode is ranked lower. Boo! That concludes the facts and funs for this week. Ta-da! Okay, that was lovely. Thank you very much. I'm expecting you to have a whole bunch more ready during the episode because I do and I bet you have them down as well because if I could figure them out, I'm sure IMDB could. We'll see how it goes. But before we get into that, it's time for Previously on Lucifer. (laughs) Beautiful, (laughs) beautiful. God came to Earth and decided to stay around for a bit. Mace asked him for a soul, but he told her she's perfect the way she is. Ames asked him about Charlie and he strongly insinuated he's a human baby. Dan used to date Charlotte and Ella used to date a serial killer. And Lucifer told Chloe he's incapable of love. Perfect summary. We start with Lucifer sleeping and waking up. Yeah, we get the little tick, tick by the clock. It's a very dreamlike quality that we have here and then we do a very classic thing where the camera flips on the head while it follows Lucifer which has the very very nice side effect that we get to appreciate his chandelier in its full glory Mm -hmm. because it is a tree but usually you see the tree upside down this way you see it proper so usually I'm not a fan of this camera technique but in this instance I actually appreciate it It is pretty great, but also the kind of the ticking noise usually means that there is about to be a song, which is the case. And we have Tom Ellis slash Lucifer sit down at the piano and start playing Wicked Game, a cover of a song by Chris Isaac, which is also one of my favorite songs of all times. And therefore, it has been the topic of my Devils in the Music. So if you want to learn some surprising details about this song and Chris Isaac himself, please head to the bonus. But now let's talk about the actual song because the actual song gives us a montage more or less. It gives us Chloe sleeping, getting up, cutting back to Lucifer at the piano, then Mm -hmm. back to Chloe. And we see her looking at a drawing on the fridge that obviously Trixie made. And it is yet again a drawing of Lucifer and Trixie happily together with Lucifer having red eyes and horns. So I shall continue to believe that Trixie simply knows and accepted that he is the actual devil and she just does not care. Yeah, because we have learned over the past year and a half or watching this show that Trixie is the best, she is the smartest, but also she is still a kid. So uh, with the childlike innocence approaching the fact that Lucifer is the devil it's himself, she can't do anything but accept it because she knows him. She doesn't care about who says what outside she knows him and she accepts him which is beautiful and I love Trixie and so I choose to believe that yep same of course the song itself is very sad and everyone both Chloe and Lucifer Mm. are very sad yeah the song is great don't get me wrong I actually really really like the cover by Tom here Tom is incredible so God shows up And I have a question. When Lucifer woke up, we have a very explicit pan over to our clock that says 4 Mm a.m. I don't remember if it was his room or Chloe's room, but we get a very explicit timestamp what time it is. Did he sing for hours? Did God decide to walk in at 4.20 a.m.? Because that's what he does. And because he knows Lucifer is awake, he doesn't care. 
Because later on, we do learn that the text he gets in this scene was sent four hours before he shows up at the crime scene. Mm -hmm. So it could be 4.30 in the morning or something. But that doesn't explain why the fuck dad comes over to his place at 4.30. I think with God being omnipotent and all, he just knew that Lucifer was up. So he heard him singing from wherever he was and decided to pop in. He has to have been there before he started singing because otherwise Lucifer wouldn't have started to sing. That's not true. We talked about this. This is so what happens in the entire episode. Yes, but we've talked about this during the special. And you even said that you don't consider this song part of this episode as a on the musical part. But that is the question. Because I think that this is just Lucifer genuinely getting up and singing to himself because he can't sleep. He is desperate and this is a song that he expressing his feelings through. So that it's something that he just does in general in the penthouse. That's why he has the piano there that he just sometimes spontaneously just sits down and plays and sings a song. I don't think that specific one has that uh, reasoning behind it as the rest of them. So I don't think it's God's power influence. that is making <laughs> I don't think it's God's influence making Lucy for sing this song well that's a poll if i ever heard one because when have we ever seen lucifer just sing for himself in the penthouse when uh, well we've seen him play for himself yes play but when have we ever seen him sing for himself i'm pretty sure we have done so because i don't remember i don't and remember that is a specific why occasion. i reconsidered my original point that there is no reason why Lucifer would get up at 4 a.m. in the morning and sing intensely about his emotions to the point where he kicks away the chair of the piano if it was not part of mm. the entire yeah, I don't, karaoke thingy. I, I don't think that it would make sense that way, personally. But I see where you're coming from and why you reconsidered. To me, it just wouldn't make sense for God to just like make him sing out of nowhere. I think that this is the point where God is like, oh, he sings so beautifully. I forgot how beautifully he sings. I'm going to make him sing more. Create more opportunities for Lucifer to sing because yeah. I like his voice so much. Exactly, exactly. This is I like my the thinking. theory as well, but I honestly say this should be a poll because we are not going to find any agreement. Lastly, for for this scene, Dad's refusal to use Lucifer's chosen name repeatedly is incredibly grating on me because yes. the concept of calling people by the name they fucking choose to be called by is not that hard and it is incredibly disrespectful. Yeah, I feel like disrespectful is the important word here yeah. for this entire episode because there is a lot of disrespect coming from God towards pretty much everything and mainly towards Lucifer. And I get it that we need this to mirror the very end where he stops himself halfway through the word Samael and then corrects himself to Lucifer. But this has been a repeated thing in the last episode already that he calls him Samael. And it was always a very intense reaction for Lucifer. To have him invade his personal space and use the wrong name is just, dude, boundaries? So, yeah. No this... such thing, apparently. Yeah. Ugh. So I was very back in my anger and strong dislike that I harbor for dad. And yeah, I was wondering if I'm gonna dislike him as much as I did mom. And oh boy, it's do even I? worse. So much. Oh yeah, I just didn't really understand why he's still there and what he wants because it feels like if he is supposed to be and then again I kind of ran into this a few times during this episode if he's supposed to be all-knowing why is he there what is 
the idea. What is the point of him wandering around? Unless he is trying to achieve specific goals to be done. But it's just, uh, it's annoying. He will probably have goals, but that's the whole mysterious way thing. <sighs> we won't know his intentions until we see them, probably. Also, given the end of this episode, maybe several parts of his powers are slipping. So maybe he is not as all-knowing as he used to be. But we'll see how it goes. I assume next episode is going to teach us more about the extent that his powers are slipping. Mm-hmm. Let's hope. Now, four hours later, we go to the crime scene. They get to the field and there is a referee in the middle of the field that is dead. From Chloe's note, we find out that she has sent him a text four hours ago, which is what we saw at the end of previous scene. So I wonder, what did Lucifer do for four hours? Was he just sitting in his penthouse contemplating about his life? I think he was struggling if he should go there or not because he basically broke up with Chloe in his mind. Hmm. And so he did not expect her to send the text. And so he must have been like weighing the different sides on, okay, why did she send me this? Are we maybe still together? Is there still hope? And as she points out, at the very least, we are still partners working together. So he still has has a job to do but can he suffer through her presence da, 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 da. so I imagine him pacing up and down in the penthouse getting dressed and wondering should I go should I stay or should I go another song um, <laughs> that we probably just didn't see is this happen. also gonna be a musical episode for us yeah perfect yes <laughs> So this is why I think it took four hours for him, because he had a hard time making up his mind to actually come. But Chloe makes it very clear that she's glad that he came and that she is not giving up on him or on them, which I say, go Chloe! I'm very happy that Chloe takes the approach of not accepting the self-deprivation that Lucifer is going through right now. Because yes, we are all capable of love in different capacities or exactly. different ways, but we are all capable even lucifer is and especially lucifer is yeah we're gonna bump into this again and again in this episode he is he loves her and we know it and she knows it he's the only one who doesn't we start working the case and while ella gives them the short and narrow short and skinny i forgot what the idiom was the music starts and she starts moving lucifer seems to realize what is going on but he apparently still has to join in and i'm kind of wondering is he joining in because he just can't help himself quotation marks or can he literally not help himself and not take part is it a compulsion or is it a well there is music so I kind of have to I was wondering the same thing because this feels like everybody is just so into it and they don't even know it's happening for everyone else it's a compulsion. He yeah. is the only person who is realizing that this is not what happens at a crime scene, to quote Lucifer. So he is 100% aware. But I was asking the same question. Is he just compelled to join? Does he feel the same compulsion as everybody else to join in? But he's just aware that he's doing it? Or is it his choice? Yeah, is it just like when I hear another one bites the dust by the queen, by the way, which is dim, dim, the song. Dim. And I just have to start dancing and singing. Or don't stop me now, you know. Any, any Bohemian Rhapsody. Really. Everyone oh is going to join in, no matter how bad or good their singing voice is. It yes. is the rules. Them's the rules. Yes. yes. So is it that, or is it I literally cannot help it? I mean, these have very, 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 very thin 
line between them. So we might never know. I feel like he would be even more resentful towards that if he had zero choice in that matter. Yes, probably. I mean, he is pretty resentful towards it already. So it might be just because everybody else... Yeah, because it messes with how things are supposed to be. But I feel that if it actually influenced his own behavior to a way that he had no free will over, I feel he would take it understandably more personal. I gotta say, though, the dead dude getting up for a short dance during the performance absolutely fucking killed me. Amazing. I was also very surprised because like this is the first instance of this happening that everyone seems to teleport back to the position they started in Mm -hmm. because this gets more weird throughout the rest of the episode. Like Ella later on is gonna run away from Mace after the dance or Dan is gonna like very specifically start dancing with the Lux dancers and everything. So here it is a very harsh cut Mm. to the point where you might think maybe Lucifer imagined this and it didn't actually happen. It definitely feels that way, but I also think that it's meant to be that way. So at first, it's made abundantly clear that there's something very random happening that doesn't have anything to do with the reality. And then the edges tend to be a little smudged a little bit later on, especially if we talk about dance song in Lux. Yeah. You know, you have people around who are not involved in the choreography and they're just behaving like like nothing's happening. I think that they went from like really, really harsh and then like just kind of happens over time slightly different. It might be because like if God is being truthful that he is losing the grip on his powers, it might be that he is basically losing control on how exactly this works. In the beginning, it might have started out as being a deliberate fun thing, but now that it is a thing, it starts to dissolve. He has brought it into creation and now it started living on its own. If he doesn't have the absolute power anymore, maybe. Maybe. Speaking of dead, he is there. He is there, yeah. He is standing there and Lucifer sees him and Lucy gets really upset, which I get. Yes, same. I can't even imagine. And of course, we have the usual dad is all knowing. So him going, you're an assistant has to be deliberate and it has to be needling Lucifer, which I don't understand. Like, dude, you know better both in you know what his position is. He is a consultant. That is his official title. And in knowing what this has an effect for Lucifer. And so I'm like, dude, why? Why are you such an asshole? Yeah. Like, the only thing, again, you could maybe theorize is that he is trying to push Lucifer to the point of breaking that he has at the very end and tries to make him face the issues that they have rather than, uh, you know... Then he's going in the worst possible way about it. Because well, the obviously. point breaking at the very end is not the relationship between dad and Lucifer. It is, why did you come here and fuck up my actually quite good life? Yeah. Well, we have learned quite well over the past whatever time. He is not very good at what he's doing, even though he is all-knowing and all-powerful and all-present and whatever. We get the title card. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. But we stay at the crime scene, which is nice. I enjoyed the interview with the wife of the Rev. 
like, oh, I have no idea who could have done this because there have been so many. It's like, yep. That was actually funny. What I kind of don't understand, why do people care about high school sports so much? Because scholarships, there is a lot of money. That is something that I will never be able to understand 100% because I come from a very different environment and we do not have that. We do not have competitions between schools. We do not have scholarships. The, the thing is, if the potentially only way for you to have a higher education is to have a scholarship, I fully understand that these scholarships and the achievements that you need to get them are highly coveted and highly thought about. Needless to say that the system is entirely flawed and very, very broken. But I understand the pressure that is behind that because otherwise you're going to have to pay for college yourself and then you're going to be fucked for years yes. and years and years to come. So yes. a scholarship is going to take care of that. So I get it. I mean, rationally, yes, I understand it rationally. But it just to me, it's such a wild, unknown concept. It is so weird. It's very American, yes. But Chloe has this conversation and we have a tiny, tiny time jump because we now see Lucifer saying to dad the sentence he said right before the title card via Chloe's eyes and she realizes, oh, wait a moment, Lucifer is talking to someone. So she goes over there, Lucifer tries to stop her, tries to be very evasive, but she doesn't let him get out and she finds out that this is dad. Yes. And I honestly love this moment so much because you see in Lucifer's face that he is fully expecting her to be like oh my god literally being very appreciative and fawning over him and she fucking tells him off and it is one of the best things I have seen Chloe fucking Decker do all show mm -hmm. and when she goes that he is a terrible parent your kid acts up and you kick them out of the house that is just mean because Chloe is a fucking full time working mom of a daughter and she's single mom as well she has a supportive ex-husband That is true. She has Dan and she has very supportive friends. But also God is fucking all powerful. So, I mean, come on. He could have made a nanny or something. <laughs> and so I absolutely adore it. And then he goes like, oh, it's so great to finally meet you. Oh, right, because I'm a gift. She's about to get in on him, not just on Lucifer's behalf, but also on her own behalf. And I'm like, yes, girl, yes. I was kind of disappointed when Lucifer stops her. Same. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do wonder if God actually would have smited, smitten, smote? Smited. I have no idea what the past tense of to smite is. That I do wonder if that actually would smite her if Lucifer hadn't stopped her. I don't think he would. Because he later on says that this is how it's always been. One raised eyebrow and then apocalypse basically mm -hmm. so maybe he's right and it would have been kind of hilarious to see but not happening both of them walking off and they are bonding over the dislike of dad and it is beautiful yeah now I'm done <laughs> <laughs> I entirely agree with you and I have nothing to add so we can go over to Linda's house where Linda is getting Charlie ready for a walk and a mini deal is taking off protection from the ceiling <sighs> I'm so angry. This scene, I so feel with Linda, you can see physical relief of 
Linda when Emmanuel tells her that Charlie is going to be a human child because this makes everything easier for her which is understandable because she knows this she understands yeah. it she has seen this around her she can read books and it's going to be relevant because her child is just a human she can also talk to people it's just so much easier for her so her visible relief is so much understandable and then Emmanuel comes up with the passive aggressive bullshit where he's like uh yeah but we are so much better than humans it's like no Emmanuel get off your fucking high horse you are not better than humans you are if anything a human that maybe can fly fine you can fly but so do humans we just need a help of a machine to do that but we can do it we have invented ways to match up these fucking skills so shut up Emmanuel get off the high horse and shut up and accept your son unconditional love at all and I'm, I'm sorry I got really mad because he's an asshole and he Linda doesn't deserve this boo I'm very much enjoying in the scene that Linda instantly calls Ames out on his specious attitude like she doesn't give him a single inch to hide in yes and you can just watch him get more and more uncomfortable with himself which is fucking mm. perfect and he goes like oh no offense and she's like offense taken fly away this bag of shit I'm going going for a human walk and I'm like enjoy your human walk you deserve it totally team Linda here and I mean it's obvious where all of this is gonna lead but ugh Ames come on you've grown more than this in fairness this is classic Ames this is he reacting in his original setup brain and then realizing where he went wrong repairing the damage this is just what he does he just should always think twice before actually saying things you know in general I found also the ending absolutely hilarious of the scene where Amenadiel tries to show off his strength by straightening the rail and then he's not able to put it back and he has to admit his fail by saying I'm gonna have Mace to look at this which excellent fucking idiot (laughs) we go over into the interrogation or precinct scene and this overbearing fucking helicopter mom I love that Lucifer later on straight up tells her ground your helicopter same because that's a helicopter parent damn if you look up helicopter parent in a dictionary there's a picture of her she literally does not let her son say a single word Mm mm-hmm until the moment where Lucifer does the whole what is it you truly desire moment. But before that, we get a song. There's a song. Yeah, they burst into a song, a song that I call the stalker song. And I know many others do as well. It's called Every Breath You Take. It is originally by the police. Which makes it so much worse. Sorry. What? Why? Every breath you take, every step you make, I'll be watching you by the police. Oh, as in that way. Sorry, I yes. was just thinking the band. I didn't even think about the connotation there. But yeah, Ha-ha. I mean, it's a, it's a very American thing to have. But yes, this song is performed by Lucifer and the mother, which I have to admit I was slightly disappointed about because usually if you have songs in musical episodes, I prefer if it's performed by the cast. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yohan is incredible singer. She is very good. Her and Tom Ellis's voice go really well together. It's a beautiful duet, but I would just hope that the first duet of the episode would be somebody who we actually are familiar with from the cast. But it's not. And since I love the song and I love this version of it and I love everything else about it, I'm gonna 
be happy to let this one go. I appreciate that this song is being used in the creepy way that I have always associated with this song. I know there seem to be people who consider it romantic. I don't. I am still wondering in this instant if Lucifer has a choice about not taking part in the singing because he seems so incredibly annoyed by it. But still he partakes. Mm. So I'm still not sold on the is it a compulsion or not. Mm. So we'll see. But then the whole desire thing happens. We get the CIA comment which was very very hilarious to me the Culinary Institute of America it was very cute and JJ comes across as a really sweet kid once he gets to actually see something Mm -hmm. Lucifer of course is full on over identifying as we are used to obviously and yeah then he decides Enough with this shit. Tells off the mom. He needs to talk to dad. So he leaves the room and before Chloe follows him, she gets a vital piece of information for the case out of JJ because he is smart and he pays attention to his surroundings. Go and JJ. he's also willing to help. So there's Of that. course, because he's clearly a good kid. And obviously the mother doesn't listen to him, which is the parallel with dad and Lucifer, because he totally should join the CIA. He's such a good spy. And Chloe just gives the mom, you really should listen to your son. And oh boy, yes, it would be so nice if parents actually listen to their children. I know, it's such a wild concept. I know. Chloe finds Lucifer. He tells her that dad has to be somewhere because there's something weird going on, but she can't find him. This is where we get the first idea that he might have to work through his issues with his father to be able to let go of the issues with his father. Like he cannot do it by himself. It will not get better if he just keeps on resenting his dad and also will not get better if he does not interact with him. And that is actually true. Yeah. As long as you hold resentment or hatred toward a person, that person will have a lot of power over you. And Lucifer's ultimate goal is that dad will not have any power over him. So Chloe is very right in this, but the implementing of it pains me very much. Because as I said before, the one main thing that dad repeatedly has done is disrespect or willfully ignore boundaries Lucifer has said. So when we go over into the penthouse and Lucifer invites his father into his home, into his into his sanctuary, I consider this extremely painful because this is literally one of the boundaries his father has been disrespecting. And now for Lucifer to go, well, dad, stay with me now because we need to work for our issues is very painful. It's like he, he shouldn't he shouldn't need to do this just to be able to talk things through with his father, to interact with his father. I think this is classic Lucifer just going into overdrive on anything that he does. He's not really doing anything halfway. He always has to go all out. So he's not going to just meet up with his dad for a few hours or meet him for a drink every couple of days to talk about these things. No, he's going to move him into his penthouse and get him his own loofah. Yeah. Also, this is the moment where I wrote down, please, please, please go and see Linda. She's the only (laughs) one to help you guys. Fair, fair. And sadly, I'm actually wrong, but we're going to talk about that when we are in therapy. Well, 
Yes, let's talk about it in a couple of scenes, or technically just one scene. We get back to work, and Lucifer is giving his father a tour of the precinct, which is very sweet of Lucifer. He uh, tells him what his favorite donut is and stuff, so, you know, it just feels like Lucifer is ready to share and talk and be there and work through this, and God is just being a fucking asshole. Yeah, it's like, hey, this is my favorite type of donut. Well, I actually like another one. Great. I'm glad that Lucifer takes it back. I'm glad yeah. that Lucifer did, doesn't leave it to him because fuck you, dude. Just take a bite and shut up. Like, you know this is gonna hurt him. Appreciate the fact that Lucifer is sharing with you because this is a big step for Lucifer and he knows that. Also, the comment, where's your throne? Oh, of course I knew that. I meant, like, where's your seat of power? It's like, oh, fuck. It's so frustrating, yeah. And then to add to my uncomfortable feeling, we meet Dan. Salt to the wound, we meet Dan, yeah. And this is so awkward and painful and horrifying to me. Because first, we are playing Dan for the laughs, as we usually do. Like with, hey, this is God. And he's like, oh, it's so awkward. He doesn't know how to address him. And he kneels down and he hugs him. And it's like, ah, the classic Dan being awkward. Ha ha ha, how funny. Which I haven't been a fan of for ages. But I'm used to him being Didn't see it that way, but... He is the comic relief, always. I just saw it a little bit differently in this case. But yeah, go on. And then we turn it into menacing. Because then it is... Is you've met my wife. Dude, you guys were separated. Very, very not here for that. And Dan is terrified. And the way Dad is like adjusting his jacket and then wiping his hands on him or something. It just, ugh. I hated every single second about this. Every single fucking second. To me, this was very much, meeting Dan was very much a deliberate wounding up Lucifer even more. Because he specifically says, maybe if you work hard enough, you might one day rise to this man's level. Speaking of Dan, fully knowing, being all-knowing and all, that this is Daniel. This is the person that Lucifer doesn't even think of as you know, equal, if I'm going to put it in a horrible way. Not equal, but like, you know. bros. Hmm? They're bracelet bros. Well, yeah, yeah, they are. But, you know, Lucifer doesn't want to be like Dan. He doesn't appreciate him as a person enough, you know. And he thinks that he calls him detective douche. I'm sorry. He calls him a detective douche and then his father says, well, maybe you're going to be half as good as this guy one day, essentially. So to me, that was a direct dig at Lucifer trying to agonize him. So that was very uncomfortable. Again, he very much full known who Dan is when he was introduced to him. So the way he behave towards Daniel is also completely fucking ridiculous. He deliberately kind of created the feeling that Dan has and the reaction that Dan kind of has towards him. So to me, it wasn't even like, yes, it was kind of funny how Dan reacted and he was really awkward and flustered and everything. Yes, but to me, it wasn't really played for laughs. To me, it was more about Dan being deliberately put in a situation where God can make him feel uncomfortable. And that is very, very disappointing and very angrying and very frustrating. Again, very petty by dad. Yes, extremely petty. But like it's it's not just towards Dan. It's it's towards everybody there. 
I just honestly don't really know what is the point of every single thing that he's doing because as I was saying in the last episode to him as all-knowing creature knowing everyone's thoughts everyone's future actions this is like a play to him he is an actor who's just acting out his part knowing the outcome is gonna be in a certain way you know it's just very very frustrating seeing this so I was super angry at him for slightly different reasons. And uh, to me, Dan was incredible and I didn't laugh at him. I was just kind of loving him because, you know, he behaves very human-like. The thing is, we get an explanation later on why God is behaving this way towards Dan because he is a jealous God. Yes, yes. Still hate it. And also... Still is oh, dumb. That, that, I'm not trying to argue that it's not hateable or anything, but this is actually the one thing that is understandable when it comes to God because he is a jealous God so he is jealous of Dan's time with mom so he is behaving like a human basically also you say he's only acting his part well there is a difference between reading basically about um, something that happens or being part of it while it unfolds so while he probably knows everything that is unfolding it is very different if you are in the moment and you see all the reactions around you it's like basically reading it or experiencing it in 3d with a vibrating seat in a cinema so fair i get that he is playing through the parts to get the most out of it but we leave god and lucifer and dan thankfully and instead we go over to mace and ella i'm gonna get the thing i like out of the way and then you do the rest because i hate this part of the scene i appreciate that mace is very very literal and since she is perfect just the way she is she is trying to be the best demon she can be so that was very cute torturing torturing and enjoying it Exactly, that was very, very cute. I have to say, I was slightly confused at the beginning of this moment because I thought that Mace is directing the hate or the anger at directly, specifically towards Ella because of something Ella did. And I'm like, that's been forever since they interacted. So is this because of the soulmate comment or something? And then Mace says, oh, because I'm perfect the way I am. I realized, yes, this is actually connected to what God told her in the previous episode. And it's slightly painful to watch. And by slightly, I mean very from both sides. We get a very heightened version of both of them characters. And we slide into a song, which is not only, finally, it's the first duet of the actual cast. It is also a mashup of two songs, which I am a fucking sucker for mashups. So, you know, I was just lost. Again, big praise from my side on the choreography. We get the mashup of two songs called Bat to the Bone and No Scrubs. Bat to the Bone is by George Thorgood and the Destroyers and No Scrubs is by TLC, we get this clash of stereotypes, essentially, which often is a trope that is used in theater and musical when you just take a character and you heighten out a specific thing about them to, you know, black and white, and you use those stereotypes to convey a point. I am not 100% behind the way this is done, but I appreciate it enough to still like it. And that is my stance on that. Also, it's a mashup. And as I said, I love mashups, especially if they're written well. I don't like mashups in general and I was not a fan of reducing both characters in the way they were necessary to be reduced in this mashup. So moving on to Ella running away into her laboratory meeting Chloe. Chloe tries very, very briefly to check up on Ella, which I appreciate, but 
Ella doesn't want to talk. Instead, she shows how amazing she is with her work because she's got all the lab results back and now we have a proper plan for the next few steps. So go Ella very, very much. Yay, Ella, go Ella. Unfortunately, well, maybe partially fortunately, this conversation gets interrupted by Lucifer and father having a discussion out in the bullpen. And it is a little spat about coffee. Chloe shows up and tries to figure out what's happening. And Lucifer tries to make her drink it and tell them her opinion on it. And something what I something I really, really appreciate from Chloe, she refuses to get drawn into that dispute. She refuses to be a part of their disagreement and being forced to choose a side, which is so smart and so good. I very much disagree because it is about fucking time someone took Lucifer's side against his father. She has been taking Lucifer's side the entire time. No, the first time she met that, she was this close to basically tell him off on all the shit things he did and now she meets him the second time and suddenly she's like oh I better not get involved in this and I'm like no girl Lucifer has no one who is willing to stand up to his father on his side and this would have been a tiny thing it would have been a fucking tiny thing to say dad is wrong about the coffee and Lucifer is right and so I am very very much in disagreement that it was good of her it was smart of her but it was not good of her to not take Lucifer's side because someone finally should take his fucking side. I think that she has been taking his side and Lucifer knows that. To me, this moment was more about the conversation they had earlier and her trying to give them space to work it out on their own without dragging anybody else into it. But let's agree to disagree on this one because I don't really think that we can convince each other on this. What I do appreciate is that Lucifer's reaction is grab the cup of coffee, carry it over to Linda's office, and after they knock and Linda opens the door, the first thing he does is that he sticks the cup into her face and tries to get her to taste it. Because that's the pettiness I live for. I'm also very impressed because the cup is fucking full, which means he didn't spill a single drop on the way over from the precinct. So, well done. Do you think they walked all or flown? They flew. They flew. I'm pretty sure they flew. So, does that mean that God has wings? He can probably just teleport. He's everywhere at once. So, he just has to decide where he wants to be. That is a very nice explanation. So, the screen goes back, goes picture again, and we see dad and Lucifer on the couch and the body language of both of them is so perfect because they are literally cross-legged away from each other like the entire body language is so contrary turned away from each other very very well done and I was a bit disappointed because I honestly think that Linda would have been a lot of help when it comes to this and while many things of what she says to them still is very true she is so caught up in her own issues that she is not as helpful as she usually would be and I get it I don't blame her that she doesn't have the space for them, but it is a shame for Lucifer. I think that Linda actually helped. Unfortunately, the father as the son, they do not take advice in the best way. I think that indeed God should learn about unconditional love. And I think indeed he should take a good look at being a better parent and father. 
And unfortunately, yes, Linda presents it very much as a Charlie Aminadiel issue, but I think it's very much applicable for this as well. I also think that nothing she would have said would have actually gotten through to either of them, because that's just the way they are built. God completely misunderstands the entire point of everything that has been said by anybody in the room, not just Linda, but Lucifer as well. He goes on being even more annoying than he has been thus far and even more disrespectful. Because he decides he's now going to be supportive there. Supportive in his own points of view, because the way he treats Lucifer, especially in the next scene, is extremely infuriating to me. It's, it's so ex- condescending. Extremely condescending, yeah. As we are in the smelly locker room, it's just so bad. I mean, I understand that people are like, oh no, because you always see your child as a child and not an adult that's doing, you know, an adult no. job. No, no, not okay. <laughs> not okay. Just a very strong resounding no. I mean, imagine your mom showing up at your work, treating you this way in front of your colleagues, in front of people, in front of your customers. It doesn't have to be in front of anyone. Yeah. The simple point of treating someone like, oh my, you did such a good job. Oh, look at you. It's like, really? What am I? Am I a pet? Am I five years old? Like, yeah. No. Yeah. So, no. I do not believe that dad is actually trying here. If he is actually trying, he is much stupider than he has any right to be being omnipotent and omniscient. Yeah, I think that he is trying while also he's being super petty. So So he's he's not trying. He's like, you know, I'm going to do this because your doctor said so, but I'm going to do it so badly that you're going to regret asking me to do this. It's just... So he's not trying. But to close out this scene, I hate dad. In every aspect, shape or form, I hate, 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 hate him. And this is proving to be way worse than with mom. But now we go to Lux and we have the only song that is actually not sang by anybody from the cast. It's actual regular normal song that is playing in Lux as we move over and get to Daniel and Emanidil sitting at the bar chatting. It is called Right Now by Mebius Van Chokstraw and Siren Phoenix. I confess I haven't even noticed that there was a song. I was extremely entertained and amused by a melody. We're like, oh, yeah, if this is now very intense for you, then I'm an angel. And Dan is like, dude, so much Last bigger of my problem going on. It's like, a melody, I'm sorry, nobody cares. Like, get over yourself. I, in fairness, I completely understand that because if Dan didn't meet God that day, I believe that they would have some sort of a discussion yes, about Amenadiel being an angel. But it is so perfect because Amenadiel is on his mightier than thou attitude trip with angels are better than humans. And Dan just goes like, dude, you don't even matter. Yes. And it's just so fucking perfect timing wise, which of course is deliberate, but I absolutely adore it. And he is, it is incredible. just there to provide some insight. And so Dan keeps downing shots. He talks to Manadiel and he makes a Bible reference. We are heading straight into our next song. We get a song called Hell by Squirrel Nut Zippers originally. And it's absolutely (laughs) incredible song. It's so good. It's so fitting for Dan. It's great for Kevin Alejandro. His dance moves are smooth. 
and I really, really loved this. I, this might actually be one of my favorites of this entire episode. The dancing and the singing is happening. Who is entering Lugs but Dad and Lucifer? We get the title drop, but Dad says, when they're done. And Lucifer is just so fucking done with all of this. And so am I. We go upstairs into the penthouse and apparently it's already next morning. What I don't understand is, Lucifer, if you have an issue with your father seeing you in the nude, then don't sleep in the nude while your father is flat sharing with you. Yeah. What I do want to know, though, is more about this unique coffee roasting experience. (laughs) By Jesus. By Jesus. That Dad starts mentioning, because I want to know, that's interesting to me. Come on, just let him fucking talk for once, Lucifer. Finally, he was saying something interesting. Coffee snub. Oh my god. Also, Dad is talking bullshit. He definitely wants to win. He needs Lucifer to say exactly what he says. All right, you win. Because it's basically the same that he had with Mace when he was like, your favorite drink. And she was like, oh, it's okay. And then basically gulping down the entire drink. It's the same situation with Lucifer and the coffee. So he wants to be proven right, which is so, I mean, come on, dude. How inflated does your ego need to be? Very. I do not blame Lucifer that he, after just one day with his father, says, don't you have any other children to annoy? Uh, Visit. (laughs) That is a great comment. And, you know, he is definitely not wrong because... Yes. Dad should not focus just on one of his children. He should focus on all of his children because this is an issue that he has with all of his children. Yeah. We go into the precinct and I missed this. I wonder if you missed it as well. IMDB didn't miss it. When Lucifer walks into the precinct, he is whistling and he is whistling the show's tune. Crime, devil, devil, make sense. I did not miss it. All right. I missed it. There we go. But before that happens, Ella and Chloe are walking down the stairs and there is something that I do not understand. I know that canonically now Ella is attracted to bad guys, but the coach is not a criminal. He is not a bad guy. He is a gross, gross, gross human being. And the way Ella says, oh, his dirty, dirty truck. That's just gross. I just can't. Like, it feels very out of left field for me. This specific one. All of the other ones I'm good with, but this specific one was just like... No, thank you. But then we get more clues and we have Lucifer walk in and he uses the word zhuzh and the way he says it, the accent and everything is a perfection. It's so fucking funny. It's so good. And it makes Chloe realize another clue about the case. Which, once again... A random offhand comment by Lucifer is going to solve the case, which is nice because this is familiar. This is what we like and what we're used to. We head over into the park where Linda is on her very human walk. And before I let you talk about the song, I just want to say Rachel Harris has a really nice voice. I was not a fan of DB's rap, though. Okay, good to know. I actually thought that DB's rapping was good, but I know nothing about rap, so, you know. Me neither. Don't take my word for it. This is a completely unqualified opinion. Do you have a reason (laughs) for not liking it? It just felt off. Okay. I didn't feel that way. 
as we are entering the park, uh, music starts playing and Linda starts singing Just the Two of Us by Grover Washington Jr. and Bill Withers. And she does a great job at it. There is, again, amazing choreography with a little strollers and stuff. And it's essentially a song about Linda being okay with just herself loving Charlie unconditionally. And then Amenadiel coming in and being like, hey girl, no, because I know that I was wrong and I want to be with you both because you are my family and this child I will love no matter what. Again, if you want to see some behind-the-scenes videos, you can head to Ildi's Instagram. She has posted two different videos, I think, where she shows the setup of one of the shots, which is very cool, very fun, and I just love behind-the-scenes videos. I just can't help it. <laughs> While all of this is happening, we, of course, realize Dad has been watching, which is why all of this has been happening. Actually, one thing that I was wondering at this moment. Amenadiel doesn't seem to be aware of the whole singing thing. Do you think that it's only Lucifer then who realizes what's happening? Because I just assumed that all Celestials would realize that that's happening, which doesn't seem to be the case with Ames. That's a very good question. Hmm. I don't think we have many questions for D.B. Woodside. We could ask her. Yeah, why not? Let's put it on the list. Putting it on the list, because then we can like sort through it all. We go to Van Ness High School, named hopefully after the one and only Jonathan Van Ness. Yay! This is now my headcanon. Absolutely. And I just went, it was the wife? It was the wife. It also, was the wife. why didn't she get a fucking divorce? Literally what I said. Why don't you just fucking divorce him? It's like, how is murder the better option? Uh, maybe she just loved him so much that she knew that she couldn't let him go otherwise. No. She I know didn't love bullshit. him. No. Clearly. No. I mean, she killed him. Well, some people kill out of love, but she killed out of annoyance because she was never good enough for him. Nothing she did ever was. Yeah. And then the whole fire thing happens and I completely yeah. forgot that happens. And girl, she is intense. But so is Lucy. Yeah. Because... She no care. It's, of course, a shame about his suit. Eh, wasn't that great. Which, when he was in that explosion in season three, mm-hmm. he walked out of the explosion and the fire and his suit didn't get properly burned, right? I think it got, like, cinches, but it didn't yeah, actually burn, Yeah, but he walked no. through flames and it didn't, like... Yes, but he walked through flames. This time he put his arm into a flame and kept it there. Okay, yeah, gonna, gonna let that slide. You should. But we have still invulnerable Lucifer, which, of course, is a bad sign for Chloe's and Lucy's relationship, but good in this instant because he can actually take care of that woman. I love that Chloe keeps on being supportive and keeps on telling Lucifer, this is not the way. I can't have you thinking this because you do love and you are capable of love. You are capable of emotions. The fact that she is so kind of hell-bent on this, I think that it helps Lucifer. Uh, pun unintended. I think Lucifer gets a bit of a push to actually keep working on it and not give up, even though if it were just himself, he may 
have done so. But also the fact that he wants to step away and the way he kind of treats Chloe, it shows so much love. Even though it's not exactly what he should be doing right now, I think that he should just forget about his dad and just be with Chloe and, you know, give in. But the thing is that he doesn't want to basically chain her into a one-sided relationship, which again speaks for how much he cares about her. Yeah, exactly. So So it's kind of like this... Circle. Circle. It's a loop. Yeah, it's a fucking loop. But also, speaking of loops, this just brings me back again. If Linda had the space to actually listen to what is happening with Lucifer and his father, she might have caught on to the whole, because my father didn't love me or doesn't love me, I am incapable of love. And maybe would have been able to break Lucifer out of this circle because that's not how it works. Like Even if or even when your parents didn't love you, you can still love other people. Yes, it's going to be a lot more work because you're also missing other things, but it doesn't make you incapable of love. So this again to me is the, I get that Linda has other things to deal with, but her patient suffers when she isn't available. Yes. But we get to the next scene and we finally, after I don't even know how long, we get to see Trixie. For a second there, I thought it was going to be like an off-screen sleep tight baby and like just referencing to her and not actually seeing her. I mean, we've had that before, so, you know, it wouldn't be that surprising. But and no. then she comes out of her room. I'm like, yeah. Not only we get actually see Trixie, but she is singing and she is singing a song called Smile, which to my surprise has been actually written, the music has been written anyway, by Charlie Chaplin. Uh, the lyrics were by John Turner and Geoffrey Parsons. It is a, an excellent song and Scarlett Estevez does an amazing job. She is incredible. She should get all the love and we should see her more often. I mean, the reason we don't see her often is because she is so good, because she has so much other work to do. There we go. But yeah, she is incredible and we should really, you know, one day do a special just on Scarlett because she has a very impressive career considering her age. But fun fact, actually, I was trying to go through uh, the social media posts of Ildi and uh, Joe uh, about this episode, which I'm sure you have already noticed. But if you go to Ildi's Twitter, she has shared a couple of behind the scenes videos and a selfie with Scarlett from this moment, from this scene. And it's just so beautiful. Again, it just makes your heart ache and sing at the same time. And while she sings, we have a montage of memories by Chloe when it comes to Lucifer and her. This montage proves to me that I was right in the season three finale because everything we see are memories of Chloe. And one of those scenes is the moment Lucifer was wrapping his wings around her when Cain's minions opened fire. So if she did not remember that, it could not have been in a memory montage. So I was right. I absolutely expected you to say that. I have left you the time to say that. (laughs) And I'm just going to add one more thing to this. And yes, again, I'm a sucker for a montage. I love a lot of things that they're giving me in this episode. Oh, this montage was really, really good and very tear-inducing. It's very good, yes. Also, to wrap this scene up, what the fuck is Dad doing outside Chloe's apartment? Like, why is he there? I think... Okay, let me spin something here for you. 
right? Yes, please. I think that Chloe at the beginning said, you're a bad father. I am a mother as well. I am a working mother and I would never do this. You're a bad person. You're a bad father. And Is he then, coming for advice? Yes. You think? And then he sees Emanadio ah. coming to his own as a father and unconditional love. The next thing he does is to go to Chloe, who's the one who called him out in the first place. So yes, I think he's coming for advice. And who is a legit good parent. So that is a very, very positive rate on that. I sincerely hope you're right. The problem is that he doesn't go in. Yeah, he tucks tail and runs off and he goes to the penthouse, which is our final scene. Mm-hmm. As much as I dislike their song choice, this scene works perfectly. It indeed does. From the moment where he stops himself using the wrong name to fi- fucking finally using the right name. Through the joke that Lucifer makes, I had a run-in with a lady and we had bad chemistry. <laughs> to the very, very end when he still can't help himself because he says, I'm sorry that you're angry at me. He doesn't say, I'm sorry for what I did. He's sorry that Lucifer is angry, which it's not sorry. accepting responsibility. It's not an apology. No, this is gaslighting. I'm sorry that you feel this way. I refuse to take any responsibility in that way. But due to the fact that he starts crying, that you have this single tear running down his face. <sighs> the single man tear. The single man here always is a powerful tool. There's a reason why they use it. But this takes a bit for me the sharpness out of the yet again refusal to take on actual responsibility because he is apparently struggling so much within himself that it is on a certain level understandable that he doesn't have the space to now suddenly evolve more than he ever has. Because if he didn't make this step in the past millennia, why would he suddenly be capable of doing it now, especially when he is losing the grip on his powers? So all in all, this scene worked very, very well for me, even though I see tremendous issues in the future with this potential narrative that they seem to be getting into. Mm -hmm. Because this is now getting very personal. If he has celestial dementia, I'm gonna be over-identifying. So we'll see. But I'm gonna let you talk about the song first. Okay, let's start to talk about the song. It is, of course, I Dreamed a Dream from the musical Les Miserables, which is one of, I believe it is your favorite musical? Do I remember uh, one that right? Of one of definitely one of yes. top three for sure. Yes, yes, top three. V- very good. So understandably, I'm not going to let you talk about this because we don't want to be here for another two hours. So from my perspective, the key that they choose and the way they interpret the song really works for me. I think Tom does an excellent job with this. There is actually a story behind this. So Ooh. fun fact, they originally didn't want to use this song. Then why did they? I will tell you, don't worry. All in good time. They originally wanted to use the song Father and Son by Cat Stevens. Oh! Which I think would be absolutely amazing. However, yes! unfortunately, they did not get the rights and okay from Cat Stevens to use his song. <gasps> According to an interview that Ildi gave, she has presented the idea that Cat Stevens thought of this song as very white, kind of a net that everybody kind of takes whatever they want from it. And he didn't want the song to be narrowed down to one situation or something okay. like that. We don't know the real reason 
reason why it didn't go through. However, what happened next is this song didn't go through. They wrote this scene with this song in mind. Let me tell you, if you just look at the lyrics of the song, it would have a very different feel. It is much more about father talking to his son about you go you be free find a girl settle down if you want you can marry look at me i am old but i'm happy these little details it would have had very 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 different feel to it oh my god i'm so upset there is so much the lyrics like i was once like you are now and everything like the the whole oh Oh my god. Yeah. How can I try to explain? It's like, oh. And now I know I have to go. Yeah. Oh, my heart. I'm very upset they didn't get to use the song. I know. It would have oh. been beautiful. And it is indeed one of the best songs they could have used for this moment. Yeah. But there's too late to cry over spilt milk. Oh, I always cry over spilt milk. <laughs> They didn't get a chance to do this. But what happened with I Dreamed a Dream is Tom learned how to play this on a guitar. And he was really excited. So he called up Ildi and he played it for her over the phone. And he was like, oh, look, look at the song that I learned. And Ildi heard it. And she's like, for one, (laughs) imagine being a fan of Tom Ellis and having him call you with a song performed on a guitar and a song like that to add. But then... She's like, well, this is actually excellent because he does such a good job of it. I want this to be in the episode and we may be able to replace the father and son with I Dreamed a Dream. And this is how it came be. Which, of course, we can then talk about what Tom Ellis said about the whole situation and how emotional it was for the both of them, for him and Dennis, to perform this scene and perform this song on set together. Another fun fact, Tom's older sister was on the set and she has took him to the side and she said, I'm sorry, it really feels like Dennis is your father. It's really weird. And Tom's like, oh yeah, that is really weird. I know, I feel the same way. So, you know, there is a lot that was going on in this scene. And I think in the end of the day, I Dream to Dream works and it works on a different level. You mean at the end of the day, you're another day older? Which is also problematic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you had to do this. And even according to Tom Ellis in this interview, this song was just right for them because it allowed them to connect with their own experience with fatherhood and the their own experience that kind of went both ways from both being fathers and both being sons and then being that to each other and being in that situation and it just all kind of came together and we got the single man tear and we got everything that we've gotten all the emotion and it was just really really strong my issue with the song is that this song is by someone being forsaken by their loved one being left alone being left with an impossible situation and still holding on to the hope that maybe they would come back for them and this is not fitting to this and that is my main issue this is my main issue because and still I dream she'd come to me they changed the sex in here and still I dream she'd come to me that we would live the years together Lucifer is the one pushing Chloe away there is no option of her coming back to him because he is the one holding her away everything else could be viewed in a different part but also god being the one to take the but the tigers come at night and they tear your hopes apart part of the song is like dude you are the one tearing his hopes apart you are the tiger how is this like so 
this is why I have such an issue with this song being used. And mm. now that I know originally it was supposed to be father and son, I am livid because that would have been perfection. Oh my God. The song finishes and Lucifer is left crying, sobbing. <gasps> Tom kills this scene. It's so emotional. Yes. For anyone who ever had an issue with their dad, this scene is... And dad comes up to him and says, Oh, Lucifer, so full of life that it blinds even you sometimes. No, he says, Lucifer, the light bringer, so full of light that it blinds even you sometimes. I have mistyped it, sorry. And I get that. And it also fits very well that now he finally calls him Lucifer because that is the literal light bringer and everything. It's nice for him to actually embrace the fact that he calls him Lucifer. And then he says, I cannot fix you, Lucifer. And to me, at that moment still, this meant no shortcuts. You have to do this for yourself. Oh, yeah. He can't magic you into being okay. You have yeah. to go through the motions. You could also interpret it connecting to God losing his powers that that's the reason. He's not broken. I cannot fix you, Lucifer. And unsaid goes what he said to mace because you aren't broken because you are perfect the way you are Mm -hmm. yeah that's actually very true and it makes much more sense this scene is extremely emotional we have the single god tear going down and the confession that he is losing the control of his powers okay and i ask what does that mean are they all gonna die is he gonna stop holding the universe together what is happening is this why he's hovering around earth is it it would also explain that he's not always all-knowing and omnipotent and stuff like that so what is happening and i just went omnipotent into- don't say omnipotent that sounds so wrong omnipotent yes be- better because omnipotent makes me think of other potency so <laughs> isn't that the same thing though no is it not spelled the same yes but omnipotent Omnipotent is very different. Like, no, no. Yeah, but it's spelled the same, so it should be pronounced the same, if you ask me. But anyway, I went to, like, whole, like, friends is like, what is happening? Please tell me. I don't think that God is holding the universe together. He made it, and then he saw that it was good, is how it goes. Yes, but if God's presence isn't there, would it mean that the light, the initial spark would leave? I don't know. Yeah, but that's the thing. Once you have started to set the building, Building on fire. It doesn't matter if the initial match is not burning anymore, you know? That is a great <laughs> metaphor. Thank you. It absolutely makes sense this way. And you're right. Also, if you want to know more about potential backstory motivations that they might have drawn from, listen to this week's Devils in the Details because that is actually about God, aka the presence in the comics. For once, Lena went with the obvious one. For once. It's rare, but it happens. Okay, so with that realization of a where there's a match there must be a fire (laughs) we have watched our musical episode yay i was extremely happy with their song choices i would love for them to do a concert of all of that music for us they are all incredible i love them so much i have so much love for all of the music and technical aspects of these things there are obviously songs that i liked more than others but i have talked about this way too much already so let's talk about the characters 
Chloe is being very supportive and incredible towards Lucifer. She is giving him everything he needs, in my opinion. So I am confident that they will make it through. She will make sure that he comes out of this on the other side. He just needs to believe it. Linda and her business at Emmanuel was giving me life. And I hope this was enough for Amenadiel to stop feeling superior and an, and an asshole and stuff. And then we have all the other storylines that we just kind of touched upon, like the whole situation with Maze, the whole situation with Ella, introducing the new thing that Dunn brings into the mix, aka Jealous God. We already had this debate. And I feel like all of these were just kind of mentioned, so we remember they're there, but their main focus was on Lucy and dad which I'm happy with especially for this episode especially with the reveal at the very end and now I'm just really excited to see where this is gonna go I am torn about this episode nothing's right I'm torn yes I'm all out of faith though I have to say I liked it more after the second watch than I did initially too many songs still did not work for me both voice-wise and from a narrative point of view. I am very curious where we are going with a potentially demented god who is losing the grips on his powers. But from a very personal angle, because my father had Alzheimer's, any kind of illness does not undo the past mistakes. And so I will hate it with a passion if this takes any form of real absolution of his family issues away from Lucifer. So this can go one of two ways. Either they handle it great and I'm gonna love it, or they handle it bad and I will be on a complaint-a-thon due to my personal involvement with this illness. I am glad that Amenadiel seems to have come around on the human Charlie issue, though it feels a bit unearned and rushed. But then again, that is usually what a musical episode is for, to speed up emotional development via truth and song. I feel incredibly sorry for Dan. On top of all that he is going through, he did not have to meet God and realize this way that Charlotte, aka Lucy's mom, was actually God's wife. Not the whole time, though. There was just a little overlap. Yeah, still. <laughs> Maze and Ella get handled so roughly in this episode. I fully expected to be complaining in the episode. I held back. I was not happy with the treatment of either of them. So I severely hope that they get more time and better treatment in the next. On a happy note, though, it was really nice to have Trixie back for at least one song. Chloe is doing really well with all of this. I loved her telling Dad off and not giving up on Lucifer. But I do wonder how long she can maintain their relationship if only she believes in them. And with this, we say thank you for listening. Please find us on our various social media. We love interacting with you, either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards, such as early release, merch and hours of bonus content. Yes, hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really do help. Or telling all your friends about us because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.